Hello and welcome to the podcast series, Narcissism Revealed with Dr. Provo. Greetings to all of my listeners, not only around the U.S., but around the globe. With that said, let's tune in to the next episode and welcome our special guest. Okay, so up next is my next guest, Mr. Jerome Carter. He is a very special person to me. And he's going to come on and introduce himself. So, Mr. Carter, you're up. Thank you so much, Dr. Carol Provo. And uh, you are a very dear and special friend to me as well. So thank you. I'm honored and thrilled to be on your your podcast today. And I've thought about, you know, uh, the interaction and and the things we would uh, discuss. I'm I'm just thrilled. And again, as uh, Dr. Carol said, my name is Jerome. I do use my middle name, Jerome Vincent Carter. My background is, is education and ministry, but in, in the world of education, I've been um, a teacher, administrator, college professor for over 34 years. I've taught everything from pre-K to the graduate level and every grade in between. And so it's just a thrill for me to be here. I was an administrator. I was a middle school assistant principal. I was an acting principal. Uh, I've worked in the court schools, the camp schools, the probation schools, juvenile hall. And so the continuation schools where, where students just don't traditionally make it in, the, in a comprehensive high school. Yes. And so um, I, I've just worked with every grade level. I've had the opportunity to listen to every grade level. And I'm just thrilled to, to have the opportunity and, and the privileged position of speaking life into students that, um, that might have lost hope without someone being able to speak life into their situation and speak yes. life into their spirit. Yes. And you have such a, a broad range of experience. Um, and, and it really is what qualifies you to be an expert today. And, and when I asked you to be on, I thought about all that you've done you know, for students. And so just before we get started on our talk about troubled students, Tell us a little bit about your education. I'm originally from Los Angeles, California, and I went through Los Angeles Public Schools, LA Unified School District, graduated a high school called Manyards High School, which is right across the street. Most people are familiar with the Coliseum, USC. And so my high school is pretty much directly across the street from USC, University of Southern California, mm-hmm. and the Los Angeles Coliseum where the Rams used to play at. Mm-hmm. And so I graduated there, went to Loyola Marymount University, where I obtained my uh, bachelor's degree in business. And then from there, the calling on my life was teaching. So before I even started working in the field of business, I took the CBES and I was able to get an emergency credential. I started teaching fourth grade uh, in Compton Unified School District. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved it. But then I had to go back to school because I had to get my teaching credential. So I went to Dominguez Hills and I got my teaching credential my master's degree in education administration, and my administrative credential, which allowed me to be an administrator from an assistant principal all the way to a superintendent. And then uh, the other half of your administrative credential, you can't receive until you are actually working as an administrator. And so then I went to Long Beach State uh, while I was working as an administrator and got the second half of my administrative credential, which they would call in the educational world, a clear administrative credential. So I have a clear teaching credential and a clear administrative credential in addition to my BA and my master's degree. 
Wow. Okay. So needless to say, you've seen every type of student <laughs> that there is. And, and so our focus today, of course, the podcasts are around narcissism, but there's a part of my book where I talk about the effects of toxic parenting, the effects of toxic relationships on the children. And so a lot of times in the school district, we miss children who are struggling. And so I wanted you just to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's unfortunate and it probably happens more times than not. And so a kid is sitting in your class. As a teacher, you have to be dialed into your students. And we know that you know, all teachers aren't there for the students. Some are there because they don't have to work uh, weekends or holidays. And when I started teaching uh, 34 years ago, your day was pretty much 8.15 to 2.15. And the, the contract said you only had to stay 20 minutes after your uh, day was ended. So at 2.45, you could be off and you could be headed home at 2.45 as per your uh, contract. Mm -hmm. So some teachers were just there for the shortened days and not to mention having their summers off. Yes. So when a kid is in your class and you're not there for the kids, that's how we, that's how we miss the kids, uh, Dr. Provo. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I have this kid in my class, but I'm so preoccupied with getting home and doing what I need to do. I don't have time for the kid to listen to the kid to, to see that there's something wrong with the kid. There's something off with that kid that day. And I'm so preoccupied because I'm just thinking about my summer, thinking about what I have to do. And it's about me and it's not about the kids. And unfortunately, that's how, that's how we miss kids. And then as an administrator, you know, you can spot those teachers right off who could care less about the kids. Mm -hmm. And so as an administrator, you try and get them the training, you try and get them to the professional development, but even with all that, you just can't teach someone to care about kids that, that might look like them and might not look like them because That's it's not true. a matter of, of color. It's a matter of the heart. And yeah, those teachers, it was pretty much agreed to that, uh, you know, those teachers don't need to be in education. My principal would ask me, you know, Mr. Carter, would you want your kid to be in that classroom? And if I said no, then she said, you know, we got to write them up and we have to get them out of there because somebody's kid mm -hmm. is in that classroom. Mm -hmm. And that's how we miss it because we just don't have the teachers that are dialed in to the students. As a teacher, Dr. Provo, you have to want to connect, redirect, and empower students. You have to care. Awesome. You have to be empathetic. You have to understand that these kids are bringing a lot of assets to your classroom. They're not just learning from you. You're learning from them. And when you don't have that mindset and that heart set, then we'll miss kids and, um, and it's unfortunate. So mm -hmm. as we're teaching through the different universities that I, that I teach at now, uh, we're really focused in on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, and just a, a fancy word for saying that we care about kids and care where they come from and care what's going on with them. That's all it's, it's saying. And yes. um, the more we train teachers to do that, then the more we can see and find out things before it gets to a critical point. Yes. And I know there are a lot of great teachers and I know that you said that, but like with every profession, you have some that aren't interested. And I like what you just said. You said connect, redirect, and, and what else did you say? Could you repeat and that? It, again? Yeah. As, as a teacher, and I, I'll share something with it later on, but I 
created a curriculum. Even I didn't purposely do it. I was just trying to connect, redirect, and empower students. Mm-hmm. And I created a curriculum. So I was writing poetry for my students to connect with them, redirect, and empower them. I would have them write poetry. I would have them illustrate poetry. I would have them analyze poetry. I would have them recite poetry. And they would write from the heart. And then once they start sharing their heart, oh my gosh, then you're able to really connect mm-hmm. and dig deep when they would write their own poems and share, and they became empowered to share their story. Now, here's a beautiful thing, uh, Dr. Provost. Some of them were great illustrators. So I would have them create a six to eight comic strip, um, comic strip frame through art. And then they would share their story through illustrating. And then those who like to speak, they would get up and recite and mm-hmm. add to the, the poem. So whether you were a writer, whether you were a speaker, whether you were an illustrator, you had the, the option through the different modalities to get up and share your story. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that on purpose. I mean, I didn't do that with the idea that I was gonna create a curriculum. I did do it on purpose so I could find out who my students were. And then yes. later on it turned into a, a curriculum, but that's all I was trying to do. I was trying to connect, redirect and empower because yes. I loved those kids. I cared about those kids. I cared about their well-being, their mental health, their physical yes. health, their spiritual health. And if you were in my classroom, I had to know who you are so I could take you from point A to point B. And yes. that's the marks of a great teacher. I can teach you pedagogy and um, content standards. I can teach you and train you on that all day, but I can't teach you to care about that kid that sits in your classroom that doesn't look like you, that doesn't talk like you, that doesn't act like you, think like you, smell like you, live where you live, I can't teach you to care about that kid. That has to come from your heart. And so yes. that's, that was my biggest thing as an administrator. And even now as a college professor and a consultant, that's yes. the uh, biggest thing for me is to the heart-to-heart connection. And Dr. Provo, if you were in my class, I would. that's the first thing I say on opening day. If you're not ready to do that, then you might wanna look for another profession because we mm-hmm. don't need you. Uh, in a teaching Mm -hmm. profession if you can't care like that. Mm -hmm. And that is so, so awesome. And, you know, on these podcasts, we like examples. So because it goes beyond the subject matter, would you give us an example, of course, without any names, of what it does for a troubled student? That student may, may have an abusive family at home. What does that do for the student when you make that kind of connection? It's liberating to the student. And oftentimes students just haven't had someone who wants to listen to them. And so I had students write poetry. And so I have a, created a book, it's, which is called Inspiration 52. And it's, you can find everything at inspiration52.com. But I have students that created their own poetry. So in, in my book of poetry, I included their book of poetry as we wrote together. So here's a student, uh, she was, 16, mm-hmm. and she writes a poem uh, titled Success. Now, this kid was actually in a group home in a residential treatment center. And so, and I would go in and do uh, creative writing therapy. Oh, so she awesome. writes, success is the best. No time to impress. I made some regrets, and that was just a test. I'm not going to melt like ice because there's a lot to look forward to in life. I want a career and my life is going to be sheer. Not only that, when I make it in life, many people are going to shed a tear. We all can do it, just put your mind to it. Everyone has ups and downs, but that's not gonna bring me down. So I want to thank them now. 
because they helped me find my best. God gave me a son just as a test, but now me and my son are going to be a success. And so that poem was titled Success. And that's wow. just, was 16 and had a two-year-old son. So that says a lot about that. Yes. But just being able to write and articulate and share her story through the creative writing process, I wanted to connect with this student. I wanted to redirect and empower. And if you heard that poem, you heard yes. the connection, yes. you heard the redirection and yes. the empowerment. But now me and my son are going to be a success, empowered. And what I hear, what was so beautiful, I closed my eyes as you were reading it. You took her out of her present circumstances into the future and she articulated. And see, part of therapy, and this is what all the people in my field, we understand, that therapy is not so much talking, it's mm -hmm. hearing yourself. Mm -hmm. So she, she was able to hear herself articulate a future for herself. And her son. Yes. Yes. And so that's what connecting, redirecting, and empowering does for students. So we don't miss those students. And you might only be able to work, write one line of poetry. I'm okay with that. Write mm -hmm. the best line that you can. Because we know that some students have special needs. But to know that they're included and to yes. know that they're uh, valued mm -hmm. and validated and confirmed and affirmed Oh my gosh, Carol, I, I saw miracles happen in the classroom just through caring. And despite yes. what the students had to deal with at home, whether it's a narcissistic mom or narcissistic dad or brother or sister, mm -hmm. they were in Mr. Carter's class. They were valued, appreciated, and knew that they could conquer the world. Yes. And what it sounds like is you connected with all of the students. So you didn't just pick out someone. So if someone needed you, they had that opportunity to reach out. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to share another form with you too, okay. uh, Dr. Provo. And so I would have them analyze my poetry, right? Oh. And so that's how we would first connect. And they would have to write the word or the line that speaks with, to them. And, and then they would have to create an illustration to go with it. So here I am, I'm at a continuation school and I wanna connect with the students. I wanna find out about their life, right? Yes. How, you know, how else to know a student, but what is your life like? And how do I get to the point where you can share your life with me? And, and so, just a quick question before you go on. For the audience, some people may not know what a continuation school is. So okay, tell us continu what a continuation school is. Continuation school is when I'm in, I get to about the 10th grade and my counselor calls me in and say, hey, look, uh, Jerome, you haven't gone to class. You haven't done what you're supposed to do. You need 200 and I think 20 or 30 credits to graduate. You have five. Uh, you're not, it's no need to waste any more time here at the comprehensive school, but we do have continuation schools that are year round and you can make up your credits and you can graduate close to your to when your class would graduate if you put the effort in. And so they leave the comprehensive high school and they have to go to a comp, uh, continuation high school where they can work at their pace. It's almost like an independent studies. Okay. But then you go to that continuation high school and because uh, it, it continues your, your education and you can put the work in, you can put the time in and you can graduate from high school. And there's, there's many reasons why a student winds up, winds up at a continuation uh, high school. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they get incarcerated, and so they miss time. Uh, they get incarcerated in Juvenile Hall, by the way, where they still have to go to school. 
but they fall behind on their credits. And so when they come out, they need to go to continuation school to make up their credits. Sometimes a student has an illness and they miss a lot of school. And so um, when they get out of the hospital, they, they have to go to the continuation school to make up credits. Or sometimes a student is just was immature, didn't yes. take school seriously. Mm-hmm. And they ditched a lot of class thinking it was a cool thing to do. And now they're 17, 18 and realize they have a credit, have credits of a ninth grader and they got to go to school and they, their mindset has changed. So they wind up at a continuation school. So within your continuation school class, you have gifted, you have regular education. You could even have special needs all in the same classroom and all, for, all at the continuation school for different reasons. And you have to know how to connect, redirect, and empower those students so that everyone feels uh, valued and appreciated, and you have to engage them in the learning process. So it takes a special teacher. Yes. You could take a great teacher at a regular school. Does not mean they will be a great teacher at a continuation school or schools in juvenile hall. That takes, and even in a gifted class, a a regular ed teacher does not make for a, a great or even a good gifted school teacher. It's just okay. different gifts for different teachers. It yes. takes a special teacher to be in a continuation school. It takes a special teacher to be in juvenile hall. It takes a special teacher to be in regular ed or, or special ed or gifted education. It is, yes. There is a lot of nuances to education. And when you have them all in the same classroom at a continuation school, you need to connect with them because they're there for a reason they're in your class for a purpose and you have to move them from point A to point B. And as a teacher, I embrace that, uh, Dr. Preble. I absolutely love that. I came in with the mindset, I'm going to change somebody's life each and every day. And I would make it a point that um, I would circulate through the classroom and spend time with each student. By the end of the week, I've spent quality time with each one of my students by circulating through the classroom. And then your your numbers are somewhat lower uh, in a continuation school, you might have 20 students. Uh, the ratio could be 20 to one, as opposed to a comprehensive high school where the numbers could be higher. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and tell us, tell the audience, give us a, a, a story of a success story from continuation school where they're already behind. Yes. And, and before I do that, let me share this poem that I gave this young lady and share her story. Oh, and then yes. I want to share um, how we, this is how we catch students by being intentional. Okay. And then I'll share a success story as well. Okay. So the title of the poem, which, which I've written is called, Is Life a Test? <laughs> so just from the title, I have them answer, is it a title? Is, is life a test? Yes or no? And why? So before we even get into the poem, I engage the students. Okay. They can answer verbally. Some want to, some don't. That's okay, but we're all listening. We're all writing. So the poem states, is life a test? I should always try my best. I hope to pass and not fail. What are my options? Freedom or jail? Stay or bail? Are the stakes higher as in heaven or hell? The important thing is not to cheat myself. By putting forth an effort, I can gain knowledge and wealth. Some days the test of life is okay. Other times I don't know if I can make it through the day. Is life a test? If life is a test, what's the final reward? How do I know if I got an A, B, C, or D on my report card? Better yet, who gives the grades? I guess we just have to wait and see. But as Tupac said, only God can judge me. 
These are some hard questions. I'm not sure of the answers. Just like in life, you might experience success, rejection, healthiness, or cancer. Then there are times when I know things are going to be good just fine. Other instances, I don't know if I'm traveling east or west, but I still search for that elusive answer to the question, is life a test? And I have a quote with each poem. The quote says, if you can't pass the test in the classroom, how do you expect to pass the test of life? So this poem was given to the students and they created an illustration. They talked about it, they created an illustration to go with it. This was so powerful to catch this young lady, Dr. Provo. So wow. she said, some days, sometimes the test of life is okay. Other times I don't know if I can make it through the day. And with that line, other times I don't know if I can make it through the day, she drew an illustration. She had a stick figure jumping off the edge of a building. Oh my goodness. And That's, what did you do? That, that gave her the opportunity to reach out instead of to push that feeling down. Exactly. And when I saw that, because I went through circulating class and I said, whoa, and here's the young lady. And this was a class I was visiting doing an Inspiration 52 workshop. And so I pulled the teacher to the side, the counselor, I said, this is what the young lady, we gotta, please, let's give this young lady some help. Because yes. other times she don't think she can make it through the day. Dr. Carroll, she had that stick figure on the edge of that building, was on her way out. And so wow. when you're intentional, you can find things like that. But when you're there for the wrong reasons or you're too preoccupied, then you miss, you miss a beautiful opportunity to help a kid. Yes. Now, when I was teaching this program, I had a, a, a young man in my classroom and he's the one who calls me or sends me a, a message on Facebook. And he says, you know, when I came to that program, I thought it was the worst thing in the world when I came to that school. But it turned out, I said, I had no idea I was gonna meet you there. Turned his life around. He's working as a chef now, has a family, and his whole life has just been turned around. And uh, just an incredible success story, you, you know, from an encounter with me, but more importantly, I had an encounter with that student. It's another yes. young lady who, um, we were doing the poetry Dr. Carol, she said, the earliest memory I have, uh, it, it, I mean, it's, it's got really deep, uh, Dr. Provo. I'm doing this, this was at a, a high school. This was at a comprehensive high school and I was con conducting a seminar. She said, the early memory, memory I have is about four years old and my dad had just shot my mother and um, I'm holding on to her uh, and my little brother and I'm asking mommy to get up. That's how we started off. We were writing poetry and we were sharing wow. in the circle. And uh, that young lady, she graduated from Dominguez Hills, doing really well, has her family. She's married. Wow. Yeah. Kara, it I mean, it is amazing what the connection opened them up to say or, or to overcome. And that's the big part because I can see where there's no connection that those things are easily missed. That that wouldn't, who would tell somebody that? I know. You know, it takes a long time when they're intentionally coming to therapy, let alone in a classroom. And so what I hope that the audience is hearing that is that how powerful connection is when mm -hmm. you're intentional. And I love that. 
And I love that. And, and what I'd like to do with you right now, because it's just so powerful, what I want to know, are your books of poetry, is there somewhere you can get those books? And is there somewhere where people can reach you to consult or go in the classroom and even help them? Do you train teachers on connection while they're teaching the subject matter? I'm sorry, those were a lot of questions, but no. And it's it's, it's simple answers. The answer is yes, and uh, that's on my website. The book, uh, getting in my contact information, is at inspiration52.com. Inspiration52.com. And Dr. Provo, it's a beautiful thing because once I was writing this poetry, I, I worked with that class for two and a half years, and it just changed the lives of those students before my eyes. Mm-hmm. And so then that's when I took, uh, first I tried to get my book published in a traditional fashion. Then I took two classes on self-publishing. Yes. And then my wife and I, we started our publishing company and our book was born. And wow. so once I did that, I was able to train teachers. I created a teacher's manual. I was able to train teachers. I would go in and I would do a, a seminar to the teachers. I would show them the student work. I would show them uh, the student poetry and show them what could be done. And then being a former administrator, I was smart enough to know that you can't make teachers care. So I would just ask the principal, uh, if there's teachers in, interested in piloting the program. Uh, if you would buy the materials and I would do the training for free. And the principal okay. said, that's fair enough. So mm-hmm. out of a staff of 20 teachers, 10 would raise their hand and say, you know what, that is going to help me so much. Mm-hmm. to empower my students. Mm-hmm. And then the teachers, then the principal, she would write the, uh, the purchase order. The materials would get delivered. I would train them. Then they would invite me to come back and share in the classroom. And I had teachers doing things with my program that I had never even thought about. Wow. It was incredible. And from uh, state pretty much local in California. So from San Diego all the way to Shasta Lake, we had a program running, teachers running it. And... Um, and a program in over 50 different school districts in California. And these teachers did things that I had never even thought about. And I would get calls, say, these kids don't even believe I know you. They've fallen in love with your poetry. It's such a deep connection to my classroom. When can you, when can you come? We have one. So that was up north. Then we had Central California. Uh, We had a school in the district of Porterville. A parent called me and said, look, my teacher my son's teacher is a big fan of yours, she said, and, and it's changed my son's life. This is a fourth grade class. She said, so am I. What will it take to get you to come down here and visit this classroom? So mm-hmm. Tracy and I, we would um, go down there and it was just, it just brings tears to your eyes. And, you know, it's like, all I wanted to do was just connect and, and make a yes. student's life better. And yes. I found teachers who had that same passion. And when they called me to come in, it was just, and we had our video crew too. So um, if you go to uh, YouTube and look at the Inspiration 52 documentary trailer, uh, you'll see us in the classroom and you'll see just some of the things we did, some of the teachers that we worked with and the lives were changed. Yes. But Dr. Provo, I think this whole thing is about not missing students, even if those kids are in your own home. Listen, loving and learning. Parents, you gotta listen to your kids, you gotta love your kids and you gotta learn from your kids. And so that's how we don't miss the kids. And that I took that same formula, I took it into the classroom. And what we did with students throughout the country was just amazing. Yes, I'm just amazed at what you've done. And what as we wrap it up and come to a close, 
if there is a teacher listening or if there is an administrator listening from a school district, how can they request training? Go to my website, inspiration52.com, and then you'll be able to send an email message. The phone number is there as well. You can call directly. Someone will take your call and then we will definitely come out, train your staff on how to use the Inspiration 52 materials, how to connect, redirect and empower students. And especially now coming out of COVID, it is so oh, yes. important that we don't miss not one student. We, can't, we don't have a student to waste. We don't have a life to waste. We don't have an opportunity to waste. And so my program empowers the teachers, empowers the student, empowers the entire learning community, empowers the parent. We even put a parent piece in. Let me, if yes, we're close, please let me tell close. us about the parent piece. I'm, um, I'm working with the students. So I would have them go home and I want to get the parents involved so that they could recite the poetry and the parents could kind of get a feel for what we're talking. I will become a success. Don't make excuses. You always succeed when you try. Be yourself. It's like a test. And so these poems would go home every night. And so uh, at one of the sites, what made it unique was that probation was housed at the site. So the student and the parent was meeting with the probation officer and I'm walking down the hall and that parent points at me and said, is that the one right there? And you know, this is where uh, Dr. Carol, I don't have to tell you, I, I don't know, cause I'm, I'm unorthodox. Anything could have happened in that classroom, right? right, right. So I'm trying to figure out what did I do now? And he said, he said, yeah, mom, that's the one. She's in there, the younger brother, sister in there. Uh, the student is a young man, he's in there. The mom's in there, the younger brother, sister in there and the probation officer, they're in there. And so then she said, can I talk to you for a minute? So she calls me in the office and she says, um, I just want to let you know, um, you're the one that writes the poetry. I said, yes, that's me. She said, I just want to let you know that he comes home with the poetry. We go over it every night. I bring my other kids in. And uh, it has brought my family closer together and it's really changed things in my home. And I personally wanted to tell you, thank you. Wow. I said, wow, I said, wow Carol. Story. So that's when, uh, that's when, you know, a little dust or something gets in your eye. Yes. You go, Are you serious? I, I tell you, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. And so that's why in our, in our teacher uh, resource manual, we created a form where the, the kids can take it home and they have to recite the poem to their parent and their parent can check it off. Just so that the parent can hear these positive affirmations, these heart to heart poems. And, and that parent, Dr. Carol, thank you for having me on the show because I had kind of forgotten that piece. There's so many things that happened. Yes. But that parent called me in and wanted to personally thank me for sending that poetry home because it's changed her entire household. household. That's how we don't miss a kid in yes. our own house. And that's how we don't miss a kid yes. in our classrooms. And, and that is so beautiful because it doesn't take that much time separate from the subject matter. Someone might think, well, if I'm doing all the, the feeling stuff, when do I get to the math problems? But you, you don't have to take the whole time. It's just a little time, mm -hmm. just a little caring that could change several people. It changes, the, cha the change goes from inside the class to outside the class. All you have to do is care a little bit. Absolutely. And when, and when the students know, remember the, the saying, students don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. And so once you show a students that, that you care, they're going to go a little bit further with the math problem that maybe they didn't, you know, they wouldn't have cared for 
at first, but they know, hey, I don't want to disappoint Dr. Provo. I don't want to disappoint mm-hmm. Mr. Carter. So I'm yes. going to work hard on his math. And by the way, let me ask Mr. Carter, because I know he cares. Mr. Carter, can you help with this problem right here? Because I know you care, as opposed to having no connection to that kid. The kid's like, why would I even ask you? You don't care about me anyway. And exactly. so it just, it changes the whole culture climate of a classroom, of a yes. school, um, of a workplace. And yes. uh, it did that. And I saw it transform before my eyes. And I'm just really humbled and grateful that I had the opportunity to like I said, I didn't know it was going to turn into an Inspiration 52 curriculum in over 50 school districts up and down the state. Yes, I just knew that I had, I had to connect with my kids because I wanted them to be productive members of society. I wanted them to be the best version of themselves. I wanted them to accomplish the goals and the dreams that they had in their heart and just didn't know how to articulate and didn't even know where to start. Wow. I am so glad I asked you to be on the show. And I am just very impressed with your program. And I hope that the audience really, I mean, I'm gonna keep that with me. Connect, redirect, and empower. And we can do that in many, many areas of our lives. And I just thank you for being on the show. And if you would just tell the audience goodbye and stay on the call afterwards. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Carol Provo. And again, I'm Professor Jerome Vincent Carter, inspiration52.com. And it's my pleasure to share with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. And for more information about narcissism, you can follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Until the next episode, stay safe and healthy. Bye-bye.